Hello, ladies. Welcome back to another episode of Trueness of the Words, a place for women, authentic and vulnerable. I'm your host, Eleanor, and my guest today for part two is Kathy Patterson. Kathy is a wife, a mother. She's a youth advocate, a minister for over 20 years. She is currently an associate pastor at Harvest International Ministry, where she shares the amazing platform with her husband. I want to say thank you for joining us today, Kathy. As you, yes, as you know, for me, again, this series, the one specific series that we're in right now is about accepting and loving our adult children, which is why, again, you are back for part two. And the Lord has placed this within me. So I am excited so that we could go ahead and continue talking about accepting and loving our adult children. Now, I'm going to say this. When we left the last time, we left talking about what happens when our adult children tell us, back off, leave me alone. I don't want to be bothered. And they mean it. They tell us that. How do we walk and trust God to allow him to do the work? So now we accept that and we say, okay, I'm going to leave you alone. And so how do we trust God, allow him to do the work so that he can not only bring them back to him? Because ultimately, that's what we want. Because if he, when he brings them to him, the rest he will unravel. But bringing them back to him and then bringing, us back, bringing them back to us. So... I'll give you a few opening words and you can take it from there. Amen. First of all, I just want to thank you for this uh, ministry. I think it's awesome. Um, adult children. I, I've never heard that title before, you know, um, you know, handling our adult children, how we, you know, how we work with our adult children. Cause people don't talk about uh, our kids becoming an adult and yet they're still our kids. So mm -hmm. I just want to first and foremost, thank you for this um, subject line, because as I talk to people, it's like, Oh my God, I need to listen to that. What can I do? I'm having the same issues I'm going through with my adult children. So it's not an anomaly. It's, 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 I, I think it's more prevalent than what we realize. I think because as adults ourselves, we are so private mm -hmm. that we are not willing to be vulnerable. We're not willing to talk about our children because, again, we said in our, our part one is because a lot of times we take on those mistakes as our own. So we don't want to reveal our mistakes because we, I say that we take them on as our own. So I think that's the biggest issue of why there's a stigma when it comes to our adult children and how they're not these, you know, these perfect grown up people that we, you know, we invested in them. And I think that's, that's part of the issue. I think the more we start having this kind of platform mm -hmm. and talking about that, the more the stigma will come off of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and we'll be able to have those good conversations. Um, I had dinner yesterday and I found out some other people um, were having the same issue with their adult children. So again, you know, this is needed. I think it's, you know, I think this is the right time, the right place. And I just believe this is divine, this divine timing. I think it's the time to, to have this discussion. You have me, I know we haven't got to that yet, but I'm, I mean it when I say, when you said that, um, because I, when I went before, okay, so I've, I've said it multiple times in these. Mm -hmm. When it was given to me, how I weep, and I, I keep repeating that for a reason, because it's genuine. I was afraid to come forth with this because of my own journey. So mm -hmm. how do you walk in something or try to bring something about when you're still fresh in it and don't have a resolve? And so the question was, you start questioning yourself, you know, are you, are you hearing from the Lord? But I knew that I was because I was before him, not for a few days. I've been before him for years. And so when I hear you say this, although God had already let me know and shown me, I've given this to you. Even though I knew that I wasn't equipped, then I'm hearing many women talk about this. And I say, Lord, I get it. We have to walk in obedience. Even when we don't think we have the, we're equipped for it. We walk in obedience because he chooses who he chooses. 
uh-huh. for such a season or a time. So I thank you for saying that. And I'm, um, I'm like, I've been getting feedback. I definitely got much feedback regarding you. So <laughs> Amen. it's a, a blessing, but we can thank you for sharing that. But Amen. go ahead and um, you can take Amen. Yeah. Um, one thing you said was, how can we step away? Mm-hmm. Just think about if we could put it in quotations, step away. Just just the thought of stepping away from something that we're so attached to is heart-wrenching because mm-hmm. it's almost like, because I think as a parent, when we look at step away, we look at it as detachment. I'm detaching myself away from my child when they say, you know what, I'm done. I don't want to have anything to do with you. But in reality, we can never detach ourselves away from our children. We can never separate ourselves from our children because they're part of us. I mean, they're, you know, they, they are us, right? They they carry our, our DNA. So I think the biggest problem is we think when we step away, we're detaching ourselves from our children. Like, well, Howard, you know, how, you know, how they going to get help? What if they out there on the street? I mean, we, we start as parents, we start having all these wild imaginations of what could possibly happen um, to our children. Mm. When we pray for our children, we say, okay, step away. It's not a, it's not a detachment, but you're stepping away and say, God, okay, you can come in. I'm going to completely take my hands off. Yeah. But you, it's almost like if I want, if I want to give you a, the audience a visual, mm. it's almost like putting your child in a, in a room without you. It's yeah. like you're, you're in two different rooms because when we say we're going to pray for somebody else's children, do we call that person's child and say, you know, how's it going? Did you hear from the Lord? We literally have to treat our children like they're somebody else's child when it comes to praying for them and separating from them. Because mm-hmm. God can never do what he wants to do if we continue to try to, you know, press our our values, our, our views, mm-hmm. even our prayers and our even our um, beliefs. Yeah. You have some, I have a um, stepson who basically told my husband, he's like, I don't, I don't want church. I don't, you know, and not wanting church. What does that, what does that really mean? Yeah. And I think sometimes when our children say um, they don't want to deal with us, it's not us. We take it personal, mm-hmm. but if we think about it, we know we haven't did anything to our children where um, they don't want to be around us. But here's a caveat. If we did, the Bible says, that we are to love our parents and to honor them. There, that mm. scripture is not conditional. That scripture wow. is not based on, did my mother do everything she was supposed to? Did my father come see me every day? Did my father provide for me? Did my mother nurture me? It yeah. comes with absolutely no condition. So people who feel guilty because, you know, I, I, I remember a time when that probably shut them down. That's probably why they act the way they act. Because what mm. we do is we start playing a movie and we start going backwards and start thinking about all the things that we might feel like, you know, that didn't measure up. That probably was the wrong move. That was probably the wrong thing to say. Um, That was probably um, the wrong school that I put them in. That was probably Mm -hmm. the wrong crowd I allowed them to be with. That has nothing, I want to stress that, that has nothing to do with your relationship with your child. When Mm -hmm. we have adult children, they have their own choices. They have their own reasoning. And we are accountable for all our choices. I think the problem is we think that we're accountable for our children's choices. Mm. We are not. We are not accountable for our children's mm-hmm. choices. So when we say we're going to step away from our children or our children say they don't want to have anything to do with us, that's exactly what we need to do. Is it hard? Absolutely. But like what you're doing now, Eleanor, people literally need support groups. I felt like I was in a support group the other day talking to some women, even on my job, who mm-hmm. said, I, I can't, I had one um, employee tell me, my son has moved back and my whole house is I, is in chaos because I don't want him to live with me. So you have the opposite. You got kids mm-hmm. coming back home that's disrupting households because of their lifestyle, because their beliefs because they're disrespect. Um, I was talking, it's like ever since we've had this this um, this interview process on this interview that I'm doing with you, mm-hmm. it's like people are open, and I didn't even, some of my hadn't even told I was on this broadcast and they were opening up to me 
about their adult mm-hmm. children, how some of their adult children are just like cussing at them, totally disrespecting them. And I said, you have to walk away. You have to walk away like it's somebody else's child. I know that I know that that stings and it hurts, but you do. We have to literally take our hands off. But the the comfort in that is we yet praying for God to protect them. We we asking God to put a hedge of protection around them. We asking God mm-hmm. to love them. We asking God, like I said earlier, to, to show them reinforcement. Because you know, sometimes when it comes, you know the old saying, because it comes from me, they not listening. Because yes, I'm the yes. one that wanted, they not listening. But it'll be a stranger on the street, and you said this 50 times, and all of a sudden they'll get epiphany. You know why? Because they'll feel like whatever that person is telling them, there's nothing attached to it. See, yes. when we come to our children and we want them to do something, they feel like it's an attack. You want something from me, mm. whether it's for them to live right, get married, have kids, get a better job, finish mm. college. Uh, you know, be a better person, love their wife more, love their husband more. There's yeah. an attachment. If we ask, there is an attachment because we mm-hmm. want them to change. We want them to be better. But with a stranger, that's why they can receive that. Because with a stranger, mm-hmm. it's like, this person don't even know me. Yeah. But yet, this is what they're saying I need to do. Or this is what, you know, and, and they'll think back later. My son has told me all the time. He said, you know what, my, he said some things. He said, somebody else said the same thing to me. And I was able to receive, you were able to receive it because with me, you felt when, when I tell you something, there's a condition attached to it. But when a stranger tell you something, it's like, well, they don't have anything to gain from me. Wow. That's and really so that's that's the difference when we're telling our kids something. Because sometimes if we ask, look at me, like I told you that how many times, but I don't even say anything. When my son get the epiphany, I just I, silently thank you, mm-hmm. I don't wow. care who brings it to them. And I think we need to relinquish that control too. Cause sometimes it's like, well, they didn't, they didn't listen to me. Why does it have to be you? Oh, why do they have to get it from as long as they get it? Why does it have to be you? That's right. We, we have to relinquish, we have to relinquish that. We have, I think as parents, we are like, well, I'm the one who told you. I think it's not us anyway, right? God is the one that's guiding us anyway. That's right. You know. You, if I can say something, you you mentioned about disrupting of the home. If I can go back to the young lady that talked about not wanting the child in the home and the disruption of the home with, um, and of course, so my only most experiences is because I only have one. If I had two or three children, I could give like multiple <laughs> examples, but I just have my daughter. And um, as much as I love my daughter, um, my prayer is one day too, that she will have that what she will get that epiphany and be able, but the disrupting, I'm going to share something that many people don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little nervous right now to share, but I think it's going to help somebody. Yeah. Amen. Um, nervous and ashamed in a really in a way, uh, not ashamed anymore because God has brought me through it, but I don't want another woman to feel ashamed and feel like you're so wrong or on this island by yourself that we talked about. Yeah. And yeah. this is it. My daughter, her disrespect level goes beyond measure, okay? My daughter, so she literally, me and her had an actual physical altercation. So when you have your child, and this is the part, this is what I'm, this this physical altercation is something that only intimate people in our family know about and um, close friends that I have that, so I'm saying it out loud, and she, I mean, she literally came for me like she was fighting someone she literally can't stand. Someone that was, uh, she like she wanted to take a life. And the thing about it is she said so. She let me know, I will kill you and don't you ever forget it. Like that in her mind. But the thing I'm saying is, I had to find a place that was some years ago. So I had to, you have to literally get in a position to physically fight your child in a way that, okay, you don't want to fight to a point that you're taking where you could take their life, right? You you don't want to fight to that point because that's how it is. People normally fight to death. They're trying to win something, right? But the point I'm making with that is I struggled 
for a long time taking that on saying okay what did I do to you know and to cause because you have parents that they still literally put their hands on their adult children and their children never flinch back at them they do not and so I had to go to God and ask God to give me a genuine so ladies I want you to hear this a genuine forgiveness for my daughter because that's my daughter. And even if she wasn't, let's say she wasn't, Mm -hmm. she was just somebody, God calls for us to forgive. Yes, yes. And because he called for me to forgive and he called for me to love, that's what I prayed and asked for, God for. Give me a love for my daughter that I won't even think about that altercation. First, it used to be on a daily basis. Then it got to the point, you know, like, Lord, okay, let months go by. I mean, a whole year went by and I hadn't even thought about it. So we will do it for us. I have, and when I say forgive her, it says when I, when I do see her, I, I don't see that. I see her, but she's also my daughter. When the young, the person that you're speaking about, the disruptiveness that they bring into the home. Mm-hmm. And I do want us to talk about that a little bit if we can, because they will bring that disruptiveness in your home and be angry with you when you tell them you can't live here. You can't even help them because they don't understand the reason why you can't come into my home is because you're disruptive in the chaos that you bring because you they believe they can come in and run the show in your home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They are adults. So we can talk about that a little bit deeper because there are some women that really are hurting. Yes. I know that I did and didn't know how to handle it. But I'm also a parent that I can say, "Uh, no, no, you can't come here with that. So there are some women that can't do that inside themselves. So can we talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. And again, it goes back to um, us believing that we can we can control our children. We have to realize they're their own person. They're, they're their own person. I don't care how good you raise them. They're their own person. So when I say disruptive, you know, you have your house. You do things a certain way. Um, you want things done in your house, uh, things done and not done in your house. And so what happens, is it starts taking away from your peace. You know, you start, you know, you start rearranging how you do things to, um help your grown children out. And when I say grown, I want to say that uh, in bold because when they come back into the house, we can't treat them like they're kids anymore. So either you're going to treat them as adults in your house or you're going to treat them as kids. And what I mean by that is, you know, we start, we have these rules and these regulations. And so what happens is they're like, well, I'm not a child anymore. I'm a, I'm a grown person but you're a grown person in my house and we can't, we can't change our, our, our standards and our rules because our children come back in the house. So sometimes we want to get back to that uh, uh, baby and them. Well, you know, they, they don't have a place to go. And I don't know if they're going to, to me, that's when you start going back into that, that motherly, well, this is my child. And you're not mm-hmm. looking at that person as a grown person anymore. Well, you know, that's, that's my child. And, they might not have nowhere to go, and I don't want them to be homeless. Not they're grown, they're grown. Right. They are grown people. They have relationships that you don't know about. They have activities that you don't know about. They have uh, stuff in their mind that you might not even realize that's going on in their mind. Whether that's mental illness, yes. um, they could have. They could be bipolar. Um, it could be all sorts of things. And I do believe that, in, especially in this economy, you might have where kids might be transitioning, whether it's from college or um, from, uh, I don't know, any kind of circumstance, a loss of a job, you know, or something mm-hmm. like that. That's different. But even in that, you have to set boundaries. And I think what happens is when we get these adult children in our house, we don't set boundaries or we set them and we're not consistent with setting them. Like we'll say, okay, if you if you in this house, I don't know. What's the biggest thing now? You get cannabis. You can't smoke cannabis. And we'll say that. And then 10 days later, okay, well, just smoke it in the basement or 
Yeah, just don't bring them out. You when you have adult children come out, you have to set the boundaries right away. If those boundaries are not set, they need to leave. If they're gonna be homeless, let them be homeless. If they're gonna be out in the street doing whatever, you have it's the same thing as letting them go. But for some reason, because we're letting them go out of the physical home, we think God has no control. God still has control, whether that child is separated from you physically or whether they're in your house. You have to you still have to have that same trust in God because what you don't want is for your household to be disturbed because here it is another adult has come into your house with their own values, their own morals, their own, their own boundaries. As yeah. crazy as that might sound, you in my house, but you, you got your own boundaries. No, you don't have any boundaries because people that got boundaries pay bills. Right. <laughs> um, and you give them, you know, you give them a deadline. One thing I used to always tell my son, as long as you're, as long as you're progressing, I'll help you. You start digressing, you helping yourself because you, you when you when your kids did something bad, did you reward them? Did you give them things when they had bad behavior? No, we didn't. It's just, and I think we feel realize the same thing as an adult. If our kids are cursing at us, disrupting our household, disrespecting us, fighting us, um, yeah. telling us what they don't like, okay. I'm not rewarding that. Then if, if we need to be separated in order in order for uh, for God to heal us separately, because what's going to happen is God has to heal us separately in order for us to come together. Because right now we feel to realize that when our kids do stuff like that, they're not loving themselves. Mm. They, 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 when, when your daughter approached you and, and had that anger and that, and that fight in her, she was trying to get something out of her. It had nothing to do with Eleanor. She was trying to get something out of her. There's something mm. within her, something that has happened, transpired, where she has all this uh, this anger, mm -hmm. and you're like the you're like the the, the target. You you know what I'm saying? You're yeah, you're I'm like exactly. her her target. Because trust and believe, if she don't have a good relationship with her mother, she doesn't have good relationships with other people. That's right. I don't understand why people don't understand it. So you're 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 your father show, tells you who to love. Your mother shows you how to love. That's right. And so if if that if that if you want to see anybody don't have a good don't have good relationships, they always changing relationships, changing jobs. Um, they don't have a good relationship with their mother unless God has healed them. Mm. And that's where you got where you have those extended families. Where you have a lot of people, they have a better relationship with their grandmother. Then they have with them, but they have some kind of nurturing dynamic that helped them form relationships. Yes. And people that don't have that, it's in their jobs, it's in their relationships, mm -hmm. it's in how they talk to people. Um, it's whether they are an empath or they're they're a narcissist. I mean, mm -hmm. there's so many things that um that come from that. And we I, I we said there's no love like a mother's love. Yes. But it's so much entangled into that because if a if a if a woman or a man don't get that nurturing, mm. whether it's from a mother or grandmother or some kind of figure in their life, it's gonna show up. Yeah. It's gonna show up. And that's you know, I think that's part of the dynamics with the um adult children because unfortunately a lot of our children don't share things with us, and that's part mm. of the, that's part of the issue. They're going through some things and we have no clue, and we and we look around like why they act like that? Why they talk like like I know you was like, where did she get this from? Why are you so angry? Yeah. Why are you so angry at me? Yeah. Um, and the thing about it is it, it we we can't help what we don't know. That's why prayer is so essential. That's why when when our children are are, are going in a different direction, we have to pray and ask God, not just Lord, touch them, uh, change them. Not, not that general prayer. That, that's praying to miss. We need to ask God, you show me what they're going through and God will start revealing things to you. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think we talked about it earlier about uh, forgiveness and I don't want to go off into the whole thing of forgiveness. That's a, that's, that's a whole nother uh, deal. But up. when I had some, something done to me within my family, and I had to pray and say, God, show me what that person is going through. And it was like, the, he showed me this person in a room in total darkness. He mm -hmm. said, that's all they see is darkness. And I started asking God, bring, bring, bring light to them. 
Bring mm -hmm. light, to, not by me, maybe by somebody else. But Lord, I need you to bring light to them. I need you to show me what their struggle is. See, we pray for mm -hmm. them to change. We pray for the relationship to get better. We pray for them to better, be better people. No, God, show me the roots. What are the mm -hmm. roots? What are the things that's entangling them? What is the thing mm -hmm. that's putting them in bondage? What is that thing that has tripped them up? What's the triggers? Tell me what the triggers are in my mm -hmm. child. What are the triggers that they have? Like with my son, I know his triggers. Like what what is his triggers? Because you know, um, people say, "Oh, Kathy, you're you know you have a you know wonderful son." Yeah, he is wonderful, but he he's human, and he has his own issues. But I said that to say, till this day, I still have to pray, Lord, show me his triggers because he he has um, things in his life where he'll just shut down, and mm -hmm. I'll say, God, what what is his? Show me what triggers him. I said, even when I send a text message, God, mm. tell me what to text him. Wow. Show me what to send him. Show me the, I, look, I didn't want to send a whole paragraph and the Holy Spirit say, nope, just send this. That is so I'm good. Like, Lord, I want to say this. Nope. I don't want you to say anything to him today. I want you to, I want you, like, I literally have to ask. Now people might say, well, that's your child. You know him, but God knows him. I don't know him like God knows him. That's God right. knows the things that he's going through. I might not never know that he goes through the, I, to this earth and might not know some things that he deals with internally. So I have to ask God, okay, God, you, because we, we normally do that step by step when they're growing up. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that, we normally pray for everything. Yes. Like, you know, I, you know, where when they become adult, we so used to just shooting off stuff because, oh, they grown now. They can handle it. I can tell them something. No, 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 no. No, they can't. Sorry. Think about it. We're as adults that we still have that child in us. It's the same thing. We still have that set. I remember when I was five years old, I know you can remember a time, a pivotal point in your life at a certain age where you were and you still have that person on the inside. Yes. And we forget that, that our adult children still have that child on the inside of them. And you got to treat them with gentle gloves. We, I think we said in part one, mm -hmm. oh, let them learn the hard way because we see them. Mm. As adults, their age says they're adults. The fact that they don't live at home, they have their own place, they graduated yeah. from college. Oh, they're adults. No, on the inside, they still got those childhood issues, those childhood um, um, uh, things that mess them up, things yeah. that trigger them. And so that's what we felt. We, we so busy looking on the outside that this is my adult child. Look what they're doing. Look what they're saying. That's still a child. Mm. That's, that's something. Still, that's still a child. I want to, if I can jump in real quick, because I don't want to, mm -hmm. you spoke about that piece and I'm, I won't stay on this. We'll go to the next, but the drinking, the smoking, the allowing them to, that. when you said the cannabis, so they they tease me because I, I still be, uh, I be saying this different stuff that they used to call it. And I say they smoking reefer, right? So they <laughs> laugh at me, right? <laughs> like it's not reefer anymore. So. <laughs> Here's the thing that I have always, I didn't get this way as an adult. So I want to make sure I'm clear about that, ladies. I did not get this way as an adult. I was this way all the way coming up, young, raising my daughter. So the drinking with kids. So once, I don't believe in drinking with adult children. What I mean by that is there are some people they drink in, like you said, they getting high with them and they are doing this, these things with their adult children. Mm -hmm. My biggest issue that I've always had. So living with a man, I never did that. So that's not me saying, Oh, I never, cause I've done a lot of things that were wrong. So mm -hmm. I mean, I live with a man, but I've fornicated in life and had to ask God, bring me from this. I don't, I, this is I, Lord, forgive me. But living with a man, something about that just seemed, it's going to sound crazy. It just seemed like that's the ultimate sin in this thing. You can't live with a man, right? But on top of that, in raising my daughter, I knew that there was not going to, I'm not going to have a man in over her. That's, that's not happening. The reason why I say that is you also have to be mindful because even in our unions, mm -hmm. so when you're married, you're even in a marriage when the person thinks differently than you do. And so I'm a I'm against that. So I you can't come and think that you're coming to my home and you're unmarried and you're going to have your mate with you and you sleeping under my roof in the same bed. 
Mm-hmm. Or let's just say you could be a visit. Let's say you're coming and you need uh, a place to stay. You could mm-hmm. be respectful all day, but your man or your woman can't come here and sleep under the same roof. So then the get you talked about, okay, let's go in the, uh, you say when they first come, you can't smoke cannabis in my home, but then 10 days later, here you come saying, well, okay, as long as you do it in the basement, mm-hmm. there has to be, you have to believe something. You have to have a belief in something and stand for that. Yes. And people are going to talk about you. They're going to say things. I've been talked about so much and told all about the way I am. And I could care less what they think. Mm-hmm. I could care less about that. That's there are good. just certain things I'm just not doing. And those are those very things that you name were things that I literally had already jotted down because that's a reality. So ladies, I it hope is. I hope that ladies understand that piece of it. Know what you stand for. I I remember being saying if you stand if you stand for what did they say if you don't stand for something you stand for nothing or something. However, you fall for anything. Mm-hmm. Right. So you have to trust and say, okay, God, I'm gonna stand in this regardless of who's angry or who's upset. This is what I believe, and what I'm grateful for for me is that I can stand in these specific things and know that it's been my life journey. Yeah. I, I can. I'm not a hypocrite when I say it, because that's what they'll call you. Like, you know, I can honestly say I've, these are things I stood in. But one more thing before I, and that was that part about the bills. I remember being at home with my mom and I always pay, I pay the bill and I pay um, rent. Mm-hmm. I, she didn't have, it wasn't none of that. I'm just living up. When I lived at home, I was, this is, this is being paid. Mm-hmm. I asked my mother, I said, mom, I want to pay you. I want to give you half of what is what you pay in the household because I could mm-hmm. I was working with I, she's my mother looked me straight in my face and she said you will not pay half the bills here because you will not have half the rights when you want so I said well mom that, I told her I said that's not why I want she said no but I'm I don't even want you to get that notion in your head and she thanked me. She told me, thank you that I even was a child that would want to do that. Mm-hmm. But she said, we have a set amount. You can, you do that. And, but as far as you paying half of anything here, you can't do that because you don't get half the rights. I think that's important for us to understand because you also have parents out here that are depending on their adult children yes, to yes. provide for them. Yes. Yes. And I, you know, they say things like, oh, well, I raised them and this. No, these are your adult children. Let them live their lives. But you have people that d- rely and depend on their adult children. And I'm not tearing them down because there are situations where there are parents that may be in a situation uh, medically or whatever that they can't and their children step in. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about those parents, but the parents that they depend on and rely on their adult children because they don't want to do it. We need to know, let our adult children live their lives as adult children, be responsible. And if they provide anything to you, that's their choice, not because you have a handout to them. So I just wanted to say that part. Amen. But bless your mama, because that, that was that was that was perfect. Because as a parent, I just want to piggyback on that. As a parent, the reason why I believe your mother, you know, because it's not half your house or half your domain. Because the enemy is tricky. He's very mm. tricky. And, yes. you know, not that you would even do it purposeful, but sometimes when that happens, you know, it's automatically attached that, okay, I'm paying half the bills. You know, I got more leeway to do, you know, not again, mm-hmm. not saying you would do it. And so your mother knew that, but the consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, is what our children are looking for. Our, our kids are looking for, cons- even if we feel like they don't like what we're saying, they're still looking for that consistency. Yeah. They, they still, you know, I don't care what you go through in life, you know, whether it's your kids or you're talking about us, we want to see consistency. We believe the word of God because the Bible is consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jesus was consistent. The word was consistent. So when we look at our adult children and, and, and we sometimes might wiggle away from something that we um, you know, I'm you know, I'll I'll be easy on this. Trust and believe. 
that's not going to help. The kids are looking for, you have to be consistent. You have to be, you, I used to always say, when my son looked at my life, he would never see a zigzag line. He would see a straight line. My mom was the same way at church, at Bible study, at home. Yeah. They had a consistency. So he could not come back and say, so I wouldn't become accountable. See, that's when we become accountable. When we say, okay, I'm living this thing. I'm doing this thing. And then we decide, like, you know what? I'm going to go over here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this and do that. If my child sees me, I don't care because I'm grown. Mm. No, that, that child has to see, in order for that child to believe, that child has to see consistency in us. Yes, that is powerful. That is powerful. I'm glad we um, discussed that. And so the boundary area, those boundaries do go right along with the consistency because when we set those boundaries, let's kind of go back to it. If you don't, if you're not consistent and you don't set boundaries, those bound the lines, there's those in what are they called invisible lines mm -hmm. that are there. And then when people cross them, because that's what ends up happening too. Our children, our adult children will cross boundary lines because they didn't realize there was a line to begin with. So when they cross it, now we want to jump in and say, how dare you disrespect me or how dare they never knew there was a line because they're looking at what you are allowing. And you said something in the first interview as well about how we, okay, now I need to calm down okay, because I kept looking at that part over and over again, how we want our children, we want a relationship with them so bad we just, we do anything to have that relationship with them. And it's okay to set these boundaries in place that are respect boundaries. Yes. If they choose not to be in relationship with you because of a boundary you set, do you, can you speak on, because help me, because I may go off kilter here. <laughs> help me understand how we're they will say well okay well all right we we won't worry about that what are all the things that can employ when we reverse the, the trajectory and allow them to do what we know should not be done there are so many things that can happen oh my yeah you know what <laughs> Yeah, that, that's 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 explosive. That's a lot. Because what can happen is your your children's sins will become your sins. Because basically what you're doing now is you're condoning things that they're doing that you know they shouldn't be doing. And I'm not even speaking of of, of um, righteousness or holiness. Mm -hmm. I'm speaking of just having standards and boundaries in your household. And it's gateways. It opens up gateways and it leads to other things that come into your household. And all of a sudden you wonder why stuff is happening yes. um, in your children, in your household. And give an example. I had a transitional period where I had moved from one city to another city. And during that transition, I had to stay with my son. And when you said earlier that sometimes, you know, um, the roles might be reversed. Mm -hmm. Well, it wasn't anything financial. Um, I had a house that was being rented out and somebody basically, you know, tore up my house. And so I had to, you know, get my house to at least a condition where I could live in that house. And so in the meantime, I had to live with my son. But do you know, when I walked in my son's house, I gave him boundaries in his house because it doesn't matter about the house. It matters about the relationship. Um, when no matter if you are the breadwinner, uh, I'll say it like this, if, say you're married and you're the breadwinner in the household and your husband is not, say your husband doesn't mm -hmm. really make any kind of money or he really doesn't have, um, a big play when it comes to, you know, the bills and the income, he's still the head of that house. Mm -hmm. He is still the head of that. That doesn't change the dynamics because that's mm -hmm. how God set it up. You know, we are supposed oh, to be yeah. led by our yeah. husband. You're tearing us up. So so when when even though I came into my son's house, I was still the head because I'm the parent. I'm the parent. So even though he you might say, Well, you were in your son's house, I was like, Yeah, but the respect never changed. The roles did never reverse. You know, there were certain things. If I'm gonna be here, this has this is going to happen. That's not going to happen because I'm your mother. 
And mm -hmm. as your mother, I, I demand a certain respect. Now, does it take away from that being his house? No. But as long as I was there, you know, it's almost like, you know, how they say you used to have them bracelets. What would Jesus do? Mm -hmm. Let's be honest. If Jesus really was here, what would we do? So it's, it's a thing of now that my mother's here, okay, you guys, we used to do A, B, and C, but now that my mom here, we got to stop because there's a certain level of respect that you should have, whether it's your, your house, your son's house. I don't care where you are. It, 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 Jesus' authority don't change because you done left the church and now you're in your, your home. His authority doesn't change because now you're at your workplace and not inside uh, a sanctuary. God's authority is still there no matter where you go. So as a parent, you should still have the same authority no matter where you are with your child. And that's physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. So when we're talking about that fighting, those boundaries, all that stuff, mm -hmm. I'm still your parent. That's that's not going to change. I don't care. My mom, my mom used to tell us, I don't care how old you get, you know, you still are going to respect me. My mother is, I'm, I'm in my 50s and my mother is um, 89 years old. And to this day, I, I can't raise my voice because that she put that, she put that fear in us, a healthy fear yes. that look, I might be on the receiving end where I need your help, but I'm still your parent. Yes. You might be stronger than me, but I'm still your parent. Yes. You might be economically better than me, but I'm still your parent. Mm. That does, When I look at my mom at, at 89 years old, and um, I meant to tell you that during this, during this week of this interview, my mother was, uh, the week before that, before we started, my mother was unresponsive. unresponsive. I've been mm. through a lot of stuff with my mom and, and, and still trying to do this interview, get out, put a smile on my face, yeah. making sure, because I want to bless mm. whoever watches mm. this video. But I said that to bring up my mom to say that regardless of where she uh, where she is uh uh, spiritually, emotionally, mm. physically, economically, I still look at her as the same person. Yes. Um, to me, it feels like she's spiritually stronger. To me, it feels like she's emotionally stronger, financially stronger. Um, so it, the, the roles don't change. I think sometimes that's where we get caught up and get lost at. And like, look, it doesn't matter if you don't like me as mm. your who cares? I'm still, the roles don't, Jesus don't change his roles because we sin. He's still Jesus. That's right. If we, if we righteous, he's still Jesus. If we, like I said, if we at church, he's still God. If we at work, he's still God. Yes. And we have to demand that same respect as parents. It, it doesn't matter if I'm at your house. You gonna, I, I I have been places where people eat, their mother come over for dinner. They are so blatant disrespect, or they know it's that something that their parents don't believe in or do, and they'll blatantly do it in front of their parents. Like, I don't care. This is my house. Mm. No, the roles never, the authority. Wow. Let me put it like that. The authority never, and the problem is we give our authority over to our children, and it's not their authority to have. And then when they, we wonder why it's misplaced, because when they get the authority, they get to disrespecting you, cussing you out, um, doing things they would have never done. You, you, you can't. There's no such thing as switching roles. You will always be that authority in their lives. That 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 never changes. That never changes. Almost cases still over here. Because <laughs> did you it see me moving, Kathy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, yeah. That part about. The being and first, let me speak to your mom. I'm glad you mentioned that because now I know what to be strongly in prayer for regarding your mom. Okay. And ladies, really understand if we will all be in prayer for Kathy because it takes a strong person in Christ to say that even in the midst of what I'm struggling with, I'm gonna honor and give you reverence anyway, God, because He told us in His Word that we are to go out and make disciples one of another. So that is, you're showing a true example of that. So I want to state that. I don't want to move past without even addressing that. Amen. The other thing, when you talked about going into a, a room, I have to speak about my sister. My sister and I are totally different. When I say we are like A to Z, we totally That's how me and my older sister. Yes. Night and day, mud yes. and clear water. Yeah, we, I know. <laughs> we're I know. different. Now, I'm the oldest, right? She likes to think I'm the oldest by a lot of years, but I'm the oldest by a year and a couple months. Let's get that together, okay? okay. <laughs> but the thing I want to bring up is that even though we're so different, I could go to my sister's house 
right now. But I'll tell you one time, one time I went to her home and I came unannounced. And I don't do that because I don't like people to pop up at my house. But one day I was in her area. This was some years ago. I was in her area and I couldn't um, get through to her. It was when cell phones first came out, but I couldn't get through to her. And so, well, they were already out, but I couldn't get through it. So I, I pulled up at the door and I could see the activity, the movement, like the door slam. And I'm like, okay, because I've always been the one they call Miss Howlier than Dow, right? So I'm like, what's going on? But what I love more than anything was when my baby sister, I'll call her baby sister for this ass, she said she was, she made everybody, uh uh-uh, uh, you got to put that out. My sister is here. And I heard someone say, you're grown. She said, but that's my sister. Mm. So she, even in our dynamic, recent years, I want to say about five years ago, if that my husband said, he said to my sister, because it speaks about that, even though we're talking about adult children, it speaks of how the roles don't change. Mm -mm. My husband said, don't you get tired of your sister talking about me? telling you to, to do this and do this. And she, they were laughing and joking. He said, my sister stopped. He said he had never seen anything like it. He mm. said she stopped with a straight face. And she, he said she looked him right in his face and said, that is my sister. And if that's what my sister requests, then that's what I love my sister. That emotionally did something to me because what he what happened was she's letting it be known in all of our disagreements it matters not i'm not going to disrespect her because she's my sister yes my older sister at that and i think what better platform for me in a moment right now to just say to my sister i love her and i so many i hope you can see that people don't have to, they don't have to respect you. Now they don't have yes. to do it, it's proven. Yes. But it is a choice. And then that comes too from individuals. My my consistency in my sister's life, uh-huh. that she will tell you that. I may have checked them or told them, don't do this or don't do that. She said, you're consistent at all times. Whether you're telling us something right or telling us something wrong, you're consistent. And that's the love that she has for me. So I hope ladies out here, you understand that there's a consistency that has to be there. And the other thing about, and we have probably about 10 minutes left, but I want to say this, you're talking about like with the adult children and parents and the roles, not that it doesn't matter, even if you're in their home and you were in your son's home. And that, no, I, I want to say, I'm just a person that I just say it. Okay, so I don't want to, but I'm careful. I don't want anyone to get offended by what I'm getting ready to say. But if you do, I want you to go to the Lord and say, Lord, why did I find offense in that? There you go. So here's the thing. There are so many mothers and fathers, but we're talking to women, that you don't want to grow up beyond your 20s and your 30s and your 40s. And you want to hang with your children like you're hanging with somebody like you're in your 20s, your 30s, and your 40s. Those levels come from there. God made us parents for a reason. Yes, yes. He didn't make us parents so that we can mix with our children like we're mixing with our peers. Yes, yes. I'm in my 50s. So as a 50-year-old woman, proud mm-hmm. to say that, mm-hmm. I'm not dealing with my daughter as if though I'm 30. I had to clap on that. Yes, yes. yes. I wanted to just say Mm. that because I think that's where so many are getting it wrong. Yes. Oh, I see. I see it. I see it every day. I see it in relationships. I see. I I would tell my son all the time. I am not trying to be your friend. I am not trying to be your friend. I said we we can respect each other as adults because I'll give you a real short. uh, thing, uh, a church I used to belong to, Rosa Sharon Church mm-hmm. of God in Christ, where I got my, my true foundation in, in mm-hmm. God. Um, and our pastors was uh, Pastor Ryan Griffin, sister of 
First Lady Linda Griffin. And I remember when I got my title as a evangelist, a missionary. Mm-hmm. And, you know, me being newly saved, I, you know, I didn't know really what that meant, what that held or anything. And so when somebody would say, and at that time I wasn't married, and they would say, uh, Sister Mills, my first lady would check them and say, no, that's missionary Mills. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it would bother me because I was like, I didn't want to get caught up in a, in a, in a title. Right. And so my first lady says, she says, it's not the title. It's the, she said, it's the authority in which it holds. You don't want nobody to get common with you because as soon as they get common, people start disrespecting you, saying things Mm. they shouldn't say, uh, doing things around you that they shouldn't Mm. do around you. And then that compromises your walk. It's the same with our children. It's not that we just want Hoover over them. You know, I think they call them um, helicopter moms or helicopter. Dad. It's not that we're trying to Hoover over our children. Okay. Like, I'm your mama. I'm your daddy. I don't have to say that to my son. I have been so consistent in his life. I don't have to tell him my authority. He sees my authority. Mm. He feels my authority. Um, we had one incident. And I'll say this really quick because I don't want nobody to think that I'm living a Pollyanna life. We had one incident when I was in his house. And we were helping him kind of fix up his house while we were there. And he said, he, <laughs> I was asleep. My husband had to laugh, but I was asleep. Now, mind you, my bed was really high up and I'm in my fifties. I can't, I don't jump like way I used to jump. And my son said something to me about what I should do with my money. My husband said, he don't remember me stepping out the bed. And he says, like I leaped out the bed and was in his room before I got there my son was in tears see the thing about God had already convicted him by what he I hadn't even started talking and I and I came in the room and he was like bawling he's like ma I'm sorry see the the enemy can get in your kids regardless Mm. but the thing is because he knew my authority immediately he was convicted. See, we think we got to say stuff or, or do stuff to our children, but that was based on me being consistent. You don't mm-hmm. have to spell your authority or or like, you know, you know I'm your mama. You know how people do it. You know I'm your dad. You know how we used to do when they was kids. I'm your mama, da, 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 da. When they get adults, they have to see it. They have to feel it. You, They know who, they know who their parents, just like your daughter. She knows who her, regardless of what she says, Mm-hmm. She still say, mama, mama, I don't want you. See, the thing about it, again, you cannot take that. She cannot. One mm-hmm. thing she cannot do, and I want to leave you with this, Eleanor, and I'm saying this, you know, how many more minutes we got? I know it's short. But if I leave you personally with anything, that authority can never be changed. Mm-hmm. Your role can never be changed. That's mm-hmm. why what you have when you pray for it, that's why it's so powerful. Because you can do something that no other person on this earth can do for your daughter. And so that's why I say all the time, and I'll say it again, your authority cannot be changed. It it cannot. God God granted you. God made us. We didn't make ourselves parents. I mean, we, you know, we did the act, whether it was inside marriage, outside marriage. Yes, we we did the action, but God made us parents. Mm. God made us parents. We we didn't we didn't we think some of us think we chose even those who planned their pregnancy with their spouse. Mm. No, didn't God did? God right. chose when we were in our mother yet in our mother's womb. That's so powerful. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say this last thing. I'm gonna let you give two minutes. I'm gonna say something really quick. I'm gonna give you one minute to say something right after that, and then I'm gonna close us out. Fair enough. Fair so enough. I want to say this, ladies, something. Three things that I want us to remember. It's so much in here, but there are three things I want us to take away. When Kathy spoke about a father shows who they should love, a mother shows how to love. I need us. Those are those one, two. The third one is we don't have to tell our children the authority that we hold. Our consistency in our walk is what tells them. So us constantly saying, I'm your mother, I'm this, or I'm your father. We don't have to do that. Because if we walk the life that's consistent before them, 
They already know. Amen. They already know. So that's three. But there are, I think we have at least 99 other things that women you need to impact. So I want you to read. I want you ladies to re go back, listen to this on replay over and over and over again. Why? Because there are so many golden nuggets, as they say in here, that only God could have provided. So before I close out, Kathy, do you have anything in about one minute, two minutes that you want to say? Well, first I want to say is, I, I, I mean, I know you have other topics. I want to say I'm just grateful. Um, I want people who, who watch this and listen to this to know that this is a unique platform, that God is doing something unique. And I want you to remember that when it comes to our adult children, you know, the, the takeaway from this part one and part two is one, don't allow, again, your mistakes, their children's mistakes to be your mistakes. I, I can't mm -hmm. stress that enough. Two, don't bully your children. Going back to that authority, don't bully. Because when you start talking about your title, that's a form of bullying, whether you believe it or not. You don't want to bully your children. You just want to believe in your children. Mm. Don't bully your children into what you want to do. Be Just believe. You have, you have to have faith for your children, even as they become adults. That does not change. That is not over. There will never be a cease. Fire. In other mm. words, there will never be a cease where you don't have to pray for your adult children. Yes. It's a continuum. It will not change. I know some of you have been through some stuff with your kids and you're like, you know what? I'm done. I'm not even praying. It's over. No, that is your job. We are the carriers. We as the women, we are the wounds. So we, 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 we carry everything. And that's why it's so heavy on us because mm. we don't just carry it, but we start nurturing that thing, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. So, mm. you know, you, you must be consistent in your prayer. Do not give up on your children. I don't care how long it's been. I don't care what it's, what they say, what it looks like, just going intercession. And, and the third thing is that separation we talked about earlier. Mm. You do have to pray for them. Like you're praying for somebody else's children, because if that child belongs to somebody else, you wouldn't call them and you wouldn't check on them. Don't even check on them. God is checking on. You have to believe that God is not only going to keep them, he's going to see about it because you can go in, uh, you, can, you can't go to places that God can. That's God right. can go into intricate places that you have no clue that your children, I'm not even talking about physically, I'm talking about mentally, that there's some, that there's some mental stuff in our children. And if your children do need mental health, if there is a mental health issue, again, that is not your issue. But pray that they, that they seek help because I, I think that's another stigma, Eleanor, that if our children are suffering any type of mental illness, oh, I don't want to tell nobody that my child is suffering from mental illness. Would you tell anybody if they were suffering from, you know, uh, a heart condition? Yes. We have to remove the stigma with our, our children. I, yes. I just hope and I pray that this just generates and starts a bigger conversation. Eleanor, I literally see this, you doing this on a much bigger platform. I see you doing conferences and helping people that are estranged from their children. The Holy Spirit is telling me that that God don't equip us why, you know, why we going through it. God equip us while we believe in through it. Like he, like you believe that it's going to happen for you and your daughter. And we have to have this conversation. We have to have this open door because we have a lot of parents who are suffering in silence. Don't suffer in silence. Call, call Eleanor. You know, let, let's start a conversation. Let her know what we're going through. Start testifying. Start giving our, you're going to bless somebody by what you're going through, but then you're going to bless somebody even more once the testimonies come through. So my prayer is that this opens up a bigger conversation for us mm -hmm. to have that. You got people that have children who are bisexual, children mm -hmm. who are, you know, who are part of the pride community. Yes. It Don't be ashamed. It is not your, it is not your, I want us to be open to express ourselves without judgment and be able to talk about our adult children, no matter where they are. Because yeah. it's a season, but it's a lifetime of believing in your children. Wow. Thank you so much, Kathy. I'm going to go ahead. Thank you for being here. I'm going to go ahead and just speak to the ladies for a moment, if you don't mind. Ladies, that was so much to unpack, and it is such a blessing. And I'm so grateful to um, have the women that have come upon this journey with us. But I want to go ahead and close us out from this particular um, topic that we're on 
lest the Lord say something different. But I want you to just bask in what we've went over the last few weeks. And I'm so grateful to God for what he's doing. And I pray, ladies, that you would just trust God in your relationship with your children, your adult children, even your small children, if they're small children. Because this information is, we're speaking of adult children, but this information goes all the way to our adult children, to our small children, because that's where it should start. So we're going to be praying for you consistently. But until we see each other again, I always want to state my truth. And that is that I am honored that God has placed this before me. And I'm looking forward to all that he alone will do by way of healing for so many women, including myself. And until we see each other next time.